Welcome back to Cathode Ray Mission. It's me, Randy, Big R Hire, a.k.a. Reagan Bush. And joining me, as always, live via satellite from Berkeley, California, Will Scoville. Hey, man. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. It's been a while. It's been... Uh, it's been a minute. It's been a crazy summer, so it's like... Uh, I've been busy, <laughs> and so it's nice to be back and talking to you. Yeah, I hear you, man. I've been doing a lot of swimming this summer. Oh, yeah, I did a little bit of swimming on a vacation. Uh, I took a little few-day vacation to a place with a pool, and uh, it was real nice. It, oh. uh, I want to do more of it, but I don't have access to a pool, but it sounds like you do. Well, yeah, I've never, uh, like, I feel like my entire adult life I've known people tangentially that post pictures of themselves at pools, but I don't know the person who owns the pool. Suddenly a good friend of mine, Michael owns a house with a pool. So I've been swimming a fair bit this summer. That's nice. Fun. Yeah. That sounds so nice. Like I was (laughs) like when, when we were planning to go to that, this resort and it was like a really like chill resort up in Guerneville, adults only, no kids allowed. Mm. Um, it was fucking great. And they had a pool and I spent all an entire day by the pool, just like swimming. And then I would get out and I read a fucking book and just chilled out all day. It was so nice. It was great. That's cool, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sounds like we're both living wild lives (laughs) 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 to trans transition me into the movie we're doing this week, Art Linson's 1984 classic, in my opinion, The Wildlife, written Wildlife. by Cameron Crowe. Yes, the spiritual sequel to uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, kind of the same team, uh, some of the same team working on it, I think. Wasn't Fast Times Amy Heckerling? Didn't she direct that one? Yeah. Is Eric Stoltz um, like a stoner dude in Fast Times? I don't think he's in Fast Times. I thought he was like one of Spicoli's friends. He's like a... Oh, no. He's, yeah, yeah, he's one of the shirtless guys. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Holy shit. I forgot that he was in that movie. So there's a little bit of crossover in that. Yeah. There, but you even have like the... You know, Chris Penn is the Spicoli character in this in this movie, uh, replacing yeah. his, his brother. Yeah. <laughs> His character is a lot more intelligent than Spicoli, though. I think. Yes. I don't know. It's a, it's a lot different. In it's, it, is a, it is quite a bit different than, uh, than Spicoli, but it is a Spicoli type of character. Indeed. Um, it's impossible to like not make the comparison. But anyway, we're covering The Wildlife. Will, had you ever seen The Wildlife before? No, I had only seen a trailer for this, uh, and I had forgotten that I had seen it, you know, and it was just kind of Chris Penn saying, it's casual, that really was like, oh, yes, I remember this. Um, And then also in watching it, uh, I was watching it with Jen, and she, uh, a few years ago, did these, these, a series of prints that were all, like, women looking in a mirror, and so she Mm. designed, like, all the stuff around the mirror, and there's a scene in this movie that she used as reference that she just kind of found a JPEG of, but didn't know what it was from. And we totally figured it out by watching this. So it was kind of a neat discovery that we had, uh, she'd used this movie as a reference for some of her artwork. Um, so that was cool too. Yeah. But I had never seen it before. Um, and yeah, man, it was, uh, <laughs> it was interesting. 
Um, yeah. And it, an interesting follow-up to, to, to Fast Times. I mean, Fast Times in and of itself is sort of a movie that almost could never be made today, but mm-hmm. I feel like this is like never would they make this movie. No. Uh-uh. Like this is very much for teenagers, but you know, it there just is, deals with a broad set of themes, there, and it's there sort is of transgressive at times. Go ahead. One movie I would say that is very similar that was made somewhat recently, and that is Superbad. Superbad kind of has a little bit of this feel to it. Um, not quite everything, but it, it is kind of the same, um, you know, you're following several different people from the same friend group and they kind of split off and it's all one night, uh, or, or this takes place over like a week or so, a couple weeks or maybe a couple months, but, um, but it, it it follows a lot of groups of people that are all kind of interconnected. This doesn't. Superbad doesn't have the darkness that this has. No. I mean, it it does hint at a darkness with the party and mm-hmm. all those people. Like, uh, I can't remember that guy's name, but the guy who's um, in, like, Scorsese movies and stuff, you know, I, I can't yeah. remember. Kevin Corrigan, okay. his character. Yeah. His character is sort of like, they wrote him to be sort of like, sort of a scary, sketchy type of character. But, yeah, yeah like, I mean, I hear you. I I would I would say you saying Superbad reminded me of that movie Adventureland. I think that yeah. maybe sort of matches this this kind of it's sort of like this kind of movie. A little bit, yeah, I can see that. With having Kristen Stewart sleeping with the guy is like twenty eight or whatever, yeah. and she's like a teenager, which yeah. happens in this movie. Uh, that's one of the storylines that I meant. I was talking about when I said it was sort of transgressive. It's like right. Like when you realize that she's not even graduated from high school, she's like going into her senior year. Yeah, know, and she's just, dating that cop. And it's yeah. Like, so anyway, this movie, uh, The Wildlife, I had never seen it either. I bought it on. Um, I love, I'm actually just a huge Chris Penn fan. Yeah. <laughs> I know you've been going through Penn, a Chris Penn phase right now. I, I, well, I've, I've been going through a lifelong Chris Penn phase <laughs> ever since uh, Best of the Best, which is a movie that someday we'll cover. Yeah. And I've watched on Yearplex or whatever, but... Um, no, so I just like, I saw he was in it and then the rest of the cast has got Leah Thompson, Jenny Wright, uh, it's got Ellen Mitchell Smith from Weird Science in it. So I bought it immediately. I think you're, Uh, you're missing a big one in there and that is Rick Moranis playing. Rick Moranis is in it? Yeah, Uh, Very, you know, for someone who is such a character actor and someone who is such a character actor around this time, it's kind of a very normal role for him. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of interesting to see uh, around this era. Yeah, he's a, it's, he plays kind of a sad, realistic person, too. Yeah, I, it's, it's I, like... It's, it's a good role for him. It's like he's a manager who kind of has a crush on, you know, one of his employees, but he's not... He, he's more sad, yeah, I think you got it right, than he is creepy about it. It's just that he does really like her, but he doesn't know how to talk to her, and she is just not interested in him at all. Yeah, and he and, propositions her, and she turns him down, and she's yeah. like fucking sad it's yeah. just like Ugh, you shouldn't yeah. have done this but like, you should know better hopefully yeah. you learn who knows though you're like he looks seems like he's 10 years older than her anyway yeah. let's get into just like the basic synopsis of what this is it's like a week or two before I know they say at the very beginning what like he's like school doesn't start for two more weeks or whatever because mm-hmm. this kid Ellen Mitchell Smith who is Wyatt from Weird Science, the kid with the super high voice. I don't know, Gary. You know that kid? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
he is like this Vietnam inside. There's a few things about this movie that just made it stick in my brain. That made me, I've watched it a few times and I just like love it. And this is one of them. This character is so real and true, you know, mm. just like a teenager trying to find an identity and like over the summer is sort of rebranding themselves and he becomes obsessed with like war and Vietnam, which is like, I mean, this movie is about kids who are about 10 years older than me Mm -hmm. and you. But, uh, I found that very relatable. I definitely went through a, like a, a being very into war and like the 60s and just, you know, the 60s and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, obsessed with that kind of stuff. Now you can kind of look at that. You have kids who grew up kind of during the, the, the Bush administration and the whole post 9-11. And, you know, we just got out of Afghanistan, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, um, or, or actually getting out of there for, you know, like we said, we've been going to, yeah. uh-huh. but, um, but, you know, that's a war that's been going on for like 20 years now. And, and yeah. it's like, you know, and we are, um, I guess, like 10 years out maybe from like pulling out of Vietnam when this, when this movie came out. So, yeah, like that kid was, you know, he was a little kid when and seeing that and now kind of becoming obsessed with that kind of stuff. Indeed. Yeah. And so <clears> like I just like but it, the movie opens with him breaking into the school and the security mm-hmm. guard says specifically how many more how much longer there is until schools, you know, and yeah. or whatever. It's like a month, maybe. I don't know. Time. You can't really tell in the yeah. movie. The time is, the movie is sort of a series of vignettes following like six different characters and in LA, you know, but they're in like the valley, I guess. Yeah. I don't really yeah. know like LA geography and stuff. They're in like, I guess what would probably be an uncool part of LA. Which it's just kind of like a suburb. It's not, yeah, there's not. I to live there, you know, yeah. like it's very, this movie is Repo Man adjacent, which mm-hmm. we're going to record another episode today about another movie is also Repo Man adjacent, yeah. but this has Dick Rude in it. Yes, it does. It's like filmed probably in a lot of the same places, you know. And then it's got, like, I know Lee Ving is in this as well, but I don't know. He is. Is, is he in, uh. Is he in Repo Man? He's not. I don't think he's in it, but Fear is like on the soundtrack. Yeah. And they're both Alex Cox collaborators yeah. for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, this movie is just like, it's just, it's more fun than drama and stuff. Mm. But it just has like, like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, have some moments of like dramatic truth, you know, or like where shit's just like, it's real yeah. all of a sudden. And like. This movie, I don't know. Like, I loved, I loved the whole story of the kid. He's like obsessed with war, and the way he treats his friend is like so, like hilarious to me. Like, there's yeah. a scene where his friend says "nom," and he's like, oh, "Oh, wait a minute! Only vets can say nom." Yeah, and then he says "nom" like thirty seconds later. He's just like, yeah, it's so that power dynamic is so real. And they're like the same at the end is sort of revealed that they're like the same age even, or Mm. that kid is maybe just a year younger than him, but he's like, yeah. But that, uh, another thing that I was reminded of is, uh, in this is that same kid. He goes to that, uh, that, uh, army surplus store Mm -hmm. and working the counter is Ben Stein, uh, dressed up in camo. Uh, and it's always strange. It's just like, oh, it's another Ben Stein appearance. Uh, and I guess this must have been post 
Ferris Bueller. I can't remember when Ferris Bueller came out. Ferris Bueller's eighty six. Ferris Bueller's eighty six. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Just a pre pre Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Uh, playing the same type of character. Um. Yeah, I think you're. I think we're right about Bueller being eighty six. But um, no, it's just uh, uh, like all the weird kind of like people who pop up in this movie. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about how, okay, Back to the Future came out a year after this, but here is Eric Stoltz and Leah Thompson together. The That's Martin exactly Club. what I was thinking. I was like, when did they film Back to the Future? Have they, were they like, I'll see you on the set of Back to the Future? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that was, that was really interesting to see like them pairing up uh, in this movie. And doesn't Footloose come out the same year? And Chris Penn's like the best friend in that. Yeah, he's he's. I've in never that. seen that movie, but I've, it's been uh, a long time since I've seen it. So, um, yeah, then, he's he's the best friend in that one. So yeah, this is just kind of like a who's who of just like those crazy '80s movies. And I had forgotten that dude was in Weird Science because I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, and you know that was Anthony Michael Hall. You know, so it ties into like. 16 Candles and the Brat Pack shit. And so this is kind of like just this is another movie that came out around that same time that kind of fits into this place, but never became as big as like any of those other movies. Yeah, this is sort of it's sort of a collection of like second stringers or something. It's like a a super group of like not the main guys, you know, like Leah Thompson is probably the biggest star of all the people, Eric Stoltz, maybe. I mean, yeah. you, I don't know, between the two of them. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. There's just something about this movie alternates between crazy scenes of like wrestlers headbutting each other <laughs> and it being all nuts and stuff. But then like, so this is one of the, okay, here's my defense. And I think this movie I think Chris Penn is, like, really good in this movie. I he love is. Spicoli. I love Sean Penn in, in that movie. <clears throat> I don't really love Sean Penn overall as mm-hmm. an actor, though, because I always feel like he's, like, acting, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm seeing Sean Penn acting. I watched uh, Casualties of War kind of recently. I feel like he's really good in that movie. That might be my favorite Sean Penn yeah. movie. But, like... Chris Penn, on the other hand, is like he his career was like, you know, he died young, obviously. Mm-hmm. His career is way more like goofy and less prestige than Sean yeah. Penn. But when he's like in this role versus him in at close range, versus him in like Beethoven, versus him in the funeral, mm-hmm. which he won awards for at in, at the Venice Film Festival and stuff like it's like I just think he's far and away the better actor of the two brothers I know it's like a con- super controversial opinion but I Chris Penn all the way he's like one of my favorite actors ever I wish he would have gotten to do more stuff like I wish he would yeah. hide you know he would have yeah, yeah. definitely would have done more stuff he played if anyone's one of his more famous roles is, yeah, he's the bad guy in Beethoven. Him and Debbie Mazar are doing like, the Lord's work. That's like a goofy movie. That's like a fun. They're doing fun, fun role in that movie. That and uh, he's nice guy Eddie in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's so. where I first recognized yeah. him from. Uh, and, you know, just he kind of came into my radar from that movie when I first saw it. And then 
from there, just like picking him out whenever he showed up. And I'm like, oh, he's been around for a while. Like, yeah, like as uh, like around for as long as like Sean Penn has. But it's like kind of clearly, you know, he, he does have that. Uh, <laughs> and who's also in this Randy Quaid quality where Randy Quaid can be in a good movie and he is often picked up in a, in a good movie, but he is in so many movies. Yeah, but I'll he, tell you what, I think Randy Quaid's a better actor than Dennis Quaid. Oh, absolutely, at, yeah, yeah. At his best, you know? It's yeah. Like, forget about it, dude. The last detail. Yeah, like, and Dennis also... Quaid never did anything that good. Yeah, and the uh, a movie that he's also in where he hits on a lot of these themes, which I also think is a little bit like this movie, but way more somber, is uh, Foxes with uh, Jodie Foster. And, mm. uh, and I've never seen Foxes. You should watch it. It's a very different movie um, with a very different tone, but it's made a re- maybe a few years earlier. Um, okay. And it's kind of a reuniting of Jodie Foster and Scott Baio after Bugsy Malone. Uh, I've never seen Bugsy Malone. Either. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, that was one of my favorite <laughs> movies as a kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How about I remember. Now? I watched it again, and it's like I can I can see like showing someone this and being like, "Why the fuck are you into this movie with all these kids in it?" But I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." I was into it when I was ten years old, and then it's like, you know, that's why I'm into it now because I was into it when I was ten. <clears throat> and yeah. it's kind of like the Muppet movie for some people, or like oh. an American Tale, or 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 a Land Before I Time. I love the Muppet movie. Yeah, that's, it's that's it's, my holdover, I guess. From yeah. So that's just kind of one of those things for me. Um, and it was, it's such, like, no other movie has been made like it since, you know. Uh, it takes the all-child cast that sincerely um, and just commits to, like, whatever they're going to do. Like, uh-huh. it goes, like, hard on what it, what it wants to be and just, like, is unapologetic about it. And it fucking works. Uh, so, yeah. But, no, it's it's, like, very clear in that movie, like, Jodie Foster is, it, you, you get a feeling that Jodie Foster and Scott Bale are like the same age, but in Foxes, it's just a couple years later. Um, it's very clear that like Jodie Foster is old, the older of the two hmm. and because um, she is taller than Scott Bale now and he's playing like a younger, like kind of cousin or brother or something. Uh, so it's an interesting dynamic to see them in Foxes. But again, in relating to this movie, so yeah, there's there's uh, foxes, and then another movie that kind of swings the other direction, in kind of melodrama that that to a point where it almost becomes funny. It, it actually is funny because uh, it doesn't work. Is uh, the Last American Virgin, uh, the uh, the Canon films? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a remake of the Israeli movie they made, which right. was like a really sorry hit. Lawrence Monsoon from yep. Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Have you seen Last American Virgin? Uh Uh-uh. Oh, boy. It's like, it it tries to hit on a lot of the same stuff as wildlife, but, and it tries to take it into a sincere direction. Yeah. But it's such a mishmash of all that stuff, and they never do any of it quite right. Well, Uh, that's what wildlife's got going for it, is that it it stays mostly in comedy, but has subtle shades of drama. Yeah. And that's brought on by having good actors like Chris Penn and Eric Stoltz Mm -hmm. and Leah Thompson. And Jenny Wright in your like leads and shit. Yeah. So, but it hits on that stuff because like Eric Stoltz is like leaving high school. He's like gone, and he's getting yeah, his, he, his his first place and he and he moves into a singles complex that's like run by the Colonel from Boogie Nights. Yeah, which is one of my favorite. I 
I was like, yes, the Colonel. Like, are you? Do you like Boogie Nights? I do. Yeah, I watch it. Digress too hard, but no. I mean, it's like like, I'm just a a Boogie Nights freak, dude. And I know I bring it up so much. I don't know. I, I love it. I just love that. Like, it's P.T. Anderson. It really people are like kind of look at him as like this prestige director, and I'm like, no, but like Boogie Nights is funny. And it's super kind of, funny. And it's kind of the same thing with like the, the Coens too. It's like the Coens are like very much comedic filmmakers and, you know, they could do a movie like Fargo, which is funny, but it's like about this really awful topic. And I feel mm-hmm. that, um, you know, uh, P.T. Anderson makes like a David Lean style, like really intricate movie, but it is ultimately a comedy. It is mm-hmm. like a two and a half hour epic comedy um, that hits a little bit different. Um but no, I, I can totally see like thematically like how that like ties into this movie, and it's like on a lower budget, like a much lower budget, and kind of like, you know, hey, this is just going to be like cashing in almost on, on uh, fast times. But what if we kind of like put a little bit of effort into it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like what this dude is in the Colonel. I know him only from this movie and. Boogie Nights, but yeah. the Colonel is, if nobody's seen Boogie Nights, the Colonel's one of the most funny, disturbing characters ever. He's like this guy who finances all these, the porno movies, and he's revealed to be like a sadistic pedophile, and he goes to jail, and it's like, and it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, there's like this scene with Burt Reynolds and him. We're like between separated by glass and he's like, are you my friend Jack? And Burt Reynolds, it's just like this, this intense scene. Ugh. just like hangs the phone up without saying anything. And it's just like, man, the Colonel. Wow. But yeah, he's, he's the guy who like rents Eric Stolze apartment. And I loved seeing him in this movie. The whole apartment complex is very strange. Cause yeah. it's like there's singles there, but next door to them, as it's revealed at the end, it's like these nerds. Uh-huh. A nerd couple. To, yeah, it's like, why do you live here? You well, know? it's because Eric Stoltz is like, I'm an adult now. I'm almost 19. Uh-huh. And he thinks of, of himself as an adult, so he moves into this, like, adult singles complex uh, to be an adult when really he needs a shitty apartment, you know, for students. But it still seems kind of like a shitty apartment. It is a shitty apartment. It, like, he gets, I mean, it, it costs way too much, though, and, like... <clears throat> I don't know. It is it is a weird thing. <clears throat> it's not great, but it's not like terrible either. Do party scenes stress you out, or did they when you were a kid? No, they seemed always like fun, man. Like I'm like I want to go to that party, but I was such an introvert that it was just like hard to to like go to parties and shit when I started going to them until I started get drinking, and then I would just get fucking loaded and and just like scream and yell a lot. <laughs> Even watching this, seeing Eric Stoltz, like the whole scene where he comes home and leaving, is hanging out with Chris Penn, and they've eaten all of his food and shit, and then the party happens. It like it just stressed me out. I'm like, really? Oh, they're gonna get in so much trouble. You know, it's like I don't know why. It just like provokes that reaction. Is it because you're an adult now and and you? You don't know. It always did. Like, oh, really? One of the most stressful movies ever for me was The Gate. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the house, <laughs> like the parents are gone, fucking destroyed. And it's yeah, just like no, oh no, you know, like I don't know. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is another one where it's just like, I don't know. Maybe the, the, I am in a way. 
in a lot of ways, a lot of people used to say I look like Cameron and stuff. I don't really look like him anymore, but like in high school, you know. But Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But I am like Cameron in a lot of ways, just like stressed about stuff like that. I don't, yeah. Stuff, I don't know. Just it's deep in my brain somewhere. It's just like, don't ruin. You're going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> yeah. Just like the, the, the fear of getting caught by your parents or something and like getting, like getting yeah, grounded or something. Or just, yeah, just any sort of like <clears throat> major... Um, hammer coming down. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but uh, whatever. I don't know. Uh, yeah, this movie is great. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I really like. I liked it, and I can see. Like, I totally saw why you liked it, and it's just like one of those things. It, yeah, like Fast Times coming out in like what eighty two or something, and then this is just two years later. Mm-hmm. And how much everything has changed. And I don't remember if we talked about it on mic about how like the early 80s, 81, 82 is still kind of like coming out of the 70s a little bit. Yeah. And then it was off mic. Yeah. Yeah. And then 84 kind of being like, okay, 80s are here. Mm-hmm. And that lasted another four or five years mm-hmm. where it was like solidly 80s. I would say, though, that I think Fast Times of all movies is sort of cutting edge. It's like yeah. it feels pretty 80s but it still has like it's at the very beginning of it it's just like kind of like starting to like okay this is what we're going to react to now kind of like how star wars like if you look at sci-fi movies before star wars Mm -hmm. um what they were like and then what they became after star wars Mm -hmm. and uh, like how that changed like all that shit you know and i think 84 is kind of like the culmination of like everything like okay this is how we're going to do the teen movies like john hughes has established himself um, this is how we're going to do the sci-fi movies. This is how we're going to do the action movies and all that shit kind of like started really coming together in like 84. So goes to show you how many good movies came out in 84 that you and I didn't really even know. I mean, yeah. I guess you saw a trailer for this. I had never heard of it until it came out on Blu-ray like this past summer or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and like, yeah, I love, I loved it. It's like this movie isn't. We kind of we've been breaking format where we we used to do only stuff that's streaming. This isn't a streaming anywhere. No, <laughs> you should go buy the Blu-ray or whatever. Find it somewhere. I don't know. You know what? You know how to do live your life, yeah. listener. But uh, I don't know. I I just was very taken by this movie. This movie it always gives me great hope um, for like living. You know, just in yeah. general, if you can find something that you've never really heard of that's good that you really mm-hmm. like you know it's like oh cool <laughs> you know like no it's a good feeling yeah just kind of yeah. like oh wow this is like a little hidden gem and i don't know it used to be kind of like for me like oh i know about this thing that you don't know about and it's so obscure but it's like now when i find something like that i kind of the big thing for me is like i really want to share it with people like i want people mm-hmm. to know like about this thing and saying, hey, this is really cool. You should check this out because more people should know about this. Mm -hmm. And not being such a private thing that I I discovered this. It's just really like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, back in the day. Back in the day where it's just like so special that it was yours. It's just like, no, this should be ours. Exactly. I wonder if that was because of how things were uh, vis-a-vis like media and how we could obtain it or just our age and stuff. Maybe. Probably both. Well, I mean, yeah, a lot of that is just maturing. I think you know there is that, but I think it is that where it's like you have the ability to share that now, and it's now 
more, well, not like I got to find this. It's just like, no, I've done a little bit of digging and I found this really cool thing because we're so inundated with like the the recommended or like the algorithm. It's just yeah. like kind of figuring out a way to kind of go off of that and say, oh, that is there for everyone to enjoy. You just got to kind of go find it and now let me share it with you and talk about it. And whereas it could be like, oh, there's this thing and you got to be in a really special place to see it. And like one thing, like moving out to San Francisco, um, it was a thing where, you know, when you got to saw, see like heavy metal or something on TV or find it at a video store, you would watch it at home or you would watch it with like a small group of friends. But moving to San Francisco, they would show those kinds of movies on the big screen with a packed theater. And it was a completely different experience to share that with so many people. And it's really cool. And I'm glad that it's like a thing now where you can like, you know, talk to someone about this thing, they can watch it and then you can talk to them about it, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, something they would never see and, and them ending up like really enjoying it. It's really cool to see a lot of times and it's a different experience and it's a more positive experience, Mm -hmm. I think, in watching this shit or in consuming shit, I guess. But no, yeah, I, I like, I gave this kind of like a pretty average rating, but like, it's pretty good. Like it's fun. Yeah. So no, I like Yeah. It. It's not a perfect movie by any means, but it's just like a, a hidden gem, I'd mm-hmm. say. You know, if you like a good teen movie from the eighties and you're tired of all the shit you've seen about I would say this is a lot better for like versus Brat Pack movies. This mm-hmm. is way better than St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. For instance, you know, this is I would at this point in my life, much rather watch this than Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles, uh, or um, I don't know. If Breakfast Club. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's almost on the level of Breakfast mm-hmm. Club. You yeah, know? I think, and I think it's as good as Fast Times at Ridgemont High, honestly. Yeah. Which is not a perfect movie either, but it's like a really good movie that is fun and has a lot of things. It just has little tiny things that aren't in all movies, yeah. you know, like in this, the wildlife, the two friends, the two teenage boys who are acting like big badasses, but like one is being a dick to the other, yeah. like arbitrarily for no, like, and just like the little power dynamics you get to like witness. And I love, uh, all the stuff with Chris Penn is, for the most part, a pretty big, like, loud, like, dickhead. He's big man on campus. He's, like, the king. Everybody knows him Yeah, around town. It's, like, a kind of a running joke is that, like, people just are like, oh, you, you know, he's, like, a he's a wrestling star or mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> and, uh, but you get these moments where he's, like, he's trying to, like, get his girlfriend to be engaged to him. Yeah. It's like very disingenuous. And you're kind of like, <clears throat> why are you doing this? But he gets rejected ultimately. And you just, you get like a couple little moments with him alone where he's like rejected and like, you just, I don't know. Yeah. There's something, there's something about like the interior emotion of the characters that Chris Penn really nails. And in this yeah. movie, it's really, he's really coming into his own, I think in this mm-hmm. movie, because Later on when he's in, like, at close range, which I think is just two years later. I mean, he's, like, amazing in that movie. Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, I I like this movie a lot. I'd say it's as good as Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And I think, Will, I'm ready 
to kick it to the commercials and then go to the big roundup. Let's do it. Let's do yeah, it. man. Let's uh, let's take a break and we will be right back. rather have a day job than be a Pokemon master. Han Solo is clearly more attractive than Indiana Jones. I would take the Star Wars trilogy over the Matrix trilogy any time. The Legend of Zelda versus Super Mario. Who's better in bed, Jafar or Gaston? And would Thanos masturbate with the Infinity Gauntlet or not? Every week, Nerd Rage The Great Debates brings you the funniest comics, writers, and podcasters to settle some of geekdom's most divisive topics. Find us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. Hey everybody, my name's Dane. And I'm Jimmy. And our podcast is called Bubbling Questions. We do would-you-rathers from listeners and a Twitter bot. Along with one-person game shows using ridiculous stuff we find on the internet. Like what kind of ridiculous are we talking? <laughs> I shall not tell you. Okay, all from our very real hot tub. Oh yeah, 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 very real, uh, not a gimmick at all. <laughs> find Bubbling Questions wherever you get podcasts. And I'm Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. Have you ever enjoyed a palaver? Is it good to be the dog's dinner? Who is this Bob, and why is he your uncle? For the answers to all these questions, you'll have to listen to our podcast, Boo to a Goose, breaking down British and American expressions and idioms. We use them, define them, and explain their history, all in a short, digestible format. So go ahead and check out Boo to a Goose wherever you get your podcasts. Cheerio! That means goodbye. Welcome back to Cathode Ray Mission. It's me, Randy, Big R Hire. Will, on a scale of zero to five stars, what would you give 1984's The Wildlife? I gave this one a big, fat three stars. This is a uh, pretty good movie. It doesn't go necessarily above and beyond, but it is a solid movie. It is a recommended movie, and I'm not going to say it's going to replace any of your favorite 80s teen comedies, high school comedies, but it is a good addition to that library. If you're looking for something a little bit more um, off the beaten path a little bit, uh, solid recommendation. You will not be disappointed. It's not, uh, it's goofy enough without being kind of embarrassing. And um, so, yeah, definitely a a, a solid three-star movie. Hell yeah. Well, I am going to give it Four out of five stars. <laughs> I really enjoyed the movie, but listeners who are familiar with how Will writes movies and how I write movies will know that basically a four star from me is a three star from me. Pretty Will. much, yeah. <laughs> Give or take. I like I, mean, I like a five star scale, so it's like three is like solid there, whereas you're yes. much more like... I'm more into the four star scale yeah. because I grew up reading Roger Ebert. Mm-hmm. Mainly. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, um, I've lost my train of thought. The Wildlife. I'm giving it four out of five stars. Why? Because I think it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. I uh, I don't think it's like a perfect movie, like I said. But then again, what is a perfect movie? Yeah, yeah. You know, very few movies are. This movie... Gets the job done and then some. I don't feel mm-hmm. like it's, it's, I mean, it's an 80s movie, but it pretty much is, I don't know, was there too much problematic? So I feel like there's, there's a, a little bit in there. 
here and there. Yeah. There's some things about it, but I mean, it's a snapshot of a time, you know? I mean, yeah. the movie is necessarily endorsing the actions of any of the characters more just giving you a peek into the lives of high school students, much like Fast Times at Ridgemont High did, you know? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I found it very entertaining. It's kind of the can't hardly wait of 1984. Yeah, yeah, I, that, I get that. Know? I get that. <laughs> that's, that's a good comparison. Yeah. So, uh, with that in mind, let's kick it over to recommendations. What are you going to recommend based on uh, Will? I already had one recommendation that was super bad. I think that is a that is a good comparison. It doesn't. It's not a one to one comparison, but it is a good modern comparison to this kind of movie. I think it hits on some of the same stuff and the same techniques in storytelling uh, that this takes, and I think that's an interesting way to look at it. Uh, the other one, in in also very similar is one that we've reviewed before, and it's Thank God It's Friday. Um, I think that one also kind of hits on... It's a little bit goofier, um, a little bit more fun, but it also hits on the same kind of thing, dealing with adults in a very different location, but again, stylistically, technically, um, how they're doing the story is very similar to this movie, and a lot of the same character types appear in that. Uh, So yeah, uh, Super Bad and Thank God It's Friday. Heck Yeah. Uh, thank you, Will. I am going to go off the beaten path and not recommend. I mean, you can check out Fast Times. You definitely should. You've probably seen that one, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, there, this is sort of shock treatment to Fast Times. I, I, like, was, <laughs> I, I was thinking that this is the shock treatment to Fast Times Rocky Horror. Or uh, the Fierce Creatures to this is... Uh, <laughs> Fish Called Wanda. <laughs> Fish Called Wanda. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to recommend some good Chris Penn movies to check out. As close At Close Range, I already mentioned. Best of the Best is one of the most... I was, like, crying laughing at how earnest and, like, kid logic that movie is. He plays this, like... He's from Florida, but he's like a cowboy kickboxer dude. <laughs> and at the end, <laughs> he like puts his cowboy hat on the Korean dude. He fought has like a noble gesture. <laughs> I was like dying laughing, dude. Uh. Um, and then he's great in Reservoir Dogs because that's my what I love about him. I mean, Sean Penn can do it too, but. He's way he's way more serious than Chris yeah. Penn was, you know. But I, I also I love when Sean Penn gets goofy and stuff. I, I mean, there, Coley's great. There would have been they like, and I oh god, last year I got really obsessed with that fucking Three Stooges movie. Yeah, I know um, he was supposed to be in there. He was but. supposed to be him, uh, Benicio del Toro, and Jim Carrey in that movie, and I. Oh, I want to see that movie so bad. That would have been amazing. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I digress. Um, Anyway, I wanted to say just uh, Shortcuts is another great Chris Penn performance. And then check out The Funeral if you can find it. That's like an amazing Abel Ferrara movie. Um, Chris Penn is outstanding in it. It's a great Excellent. So those are my recommendations. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, all right, man. Uh, I know it's been a while. I know that uh, some shit has gone on. Uh, what do you? What, what's going on with you? What's what do you got to kind of got going well, on in your in Randy world? 
Chat pile. I've had a super busy summer, man. Uh, not too busy to to do this, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry uh, about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't mean that. Is I don't know why I said that like that. My bad. Uh, no, no. I I just I've been busy doing uh, work stuff, but also the chat chat pile album is done now. That's so cool. So someday that will be out. Next year, so it's in your area, Will. I know, a yeah, guy, I know. a guy has that. I'm, on I'm his computer or whatever, you know. I'm hoping <laughs> that I can get a preview of it, but I'm, I also don't want to like ruin the surprise of like when it finally fucking comes out because mm-hmm. like I kind of like it when you all like you post a new release, hell yeah, Discord, and it's I get to hear it for the first time with everyone else and. Well, um, I mean, if you ever come out to Oklahoma, we can definitely play it for you in person too. Uh, yeah, I should be out there in, or something. In, in October, I'm going to try to see you. We're going to try to. Oh, that'll it. be here sooner yeah. than we know. I got to make sure I can get out there. I got to get, get a new idea and shit. But we're, uh, we do Hubie Halloween again. Hell yeah! See if it holds up. Yeah, uh, I'm going out to I Hugo, Oklahoma, while I'm out there. I'm, I'm super mm. excited for that. Visiting is that this, the. The circus, circus animal, yeah, museum? circus graveyard. I'm going graveyard to circus, museum. circus graveyard. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Super excited about that. <laughs> Fun times, yeah, man. Well, uh, but um, what do you got going on then, Big Will? Besides coming to see Big R, uh, yeah. uh, man, I don't know. I've been kind of taking a break from a lot of shit. Uh, I still do talkies every uh, every first Tuesday. I think we're on Twitch and Zoom, um, so that's still going on online for now. So check that out. I think the day after this episode drops, there's a, there's a show. Uh, and then Sup Talk, I still do that. I've, I do that once a month now. Uh, so I'm kind of getting off of there. But Nerd Rage, The Great Debates is still going strong. We went back to our first convention uh, a week before this episode was recorded. It was weird. Uh, but boy, they loved us there. And... That was kind of nice to be in front Wonderful. of the audience again. That's and, awesome. And kind of hear everyone like really getting into the show and and hearing people like applaud again. Ooh, man, it was like, it's nice. It's really nice. Um, so that episode is out. Check that out if you want to hear some nice uh, live stuff, uh, you know, in 2021. But other than that, every week we have a new episode out. I still love doing that show. So Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Otherwise, you can find me. Out and about, I went to a fucking sausage place uh, out by uh, <laughs> out by a marina uh, in in the East Bay, and fucking Boots Riley showed up to to have some bratwurst. Mm. Uh, it, it was really cool. That's so, fun. Yeah, so getting out more and, and experiencing life—that's my big thing. Hell yeah, man! So sounds good. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> well. I think we should sign off because we've got a couple more episodes, a little peek behind the curtain. We've got a couple more episodes to record. Hell yeah, we should. Uh, all right, man. So this was good. Thank you for bringing this movie up and finally making me watch yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah, it was very good. So uh, we'll be we'll be recommending this to other people as well. So Hell yeah. Excellent. Well, Randy, let's sign off. Let's leave all these right. people be to move on to their other podcasts. And uh, I'll see you next week. Until next week. Later. Later.